Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. All right, we got to get into the message. John chapter 11, verse 33. Are you ready to hear a word from God today? When Jesus, this is the story of Lazarus. This is an oldie but a goodie. Please don't tune out. One of the hardest things about preaching the Bible is that you know how it ends. So if you grew up in church and you hear me talking about Lazarus, pay attention. One day I'm going to mess you up. I'll be like, Lazarus, come forward. And he stood. He'd be like, what? Just pay attention. I'm going to try and share this story in a way that hopefully you haven't heard it before. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. I love verse 35 because it reminds me that Jesus is not just there to quote Bible verses in difficult times. When you're at someone's funeral, one of the you, you, we think it's helpful, but we're like, we'll see him in heaven one day. You know? And like, Jesus is like, that is not what, here's how awesome God is. He doesn't just give us Bible verses, although they're powerful in and of themselves. He actually cries with us. He weeps with us. He steps into our mourning, steps into our pain and cries with us. How many people have ever been in a position where advice wasn't good enough? I don't need advice right now. I just see someone to say, me too. I go through it too. Verse 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved them, him. But some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. I love the angry Jesus. Amen. A cave with the stone. This is how I picture Jesus. I don't know. I like that. Roll the stone aside. You got to put yourself in the story to get the most out of it. Because he cares. You've been asking if God cares. That's what you were asking this week. Does he care? He cares. He's angry. Roll that stone aside. (laughs) Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Martha, the sister of all people? Lord, he's been dead four days. It going to stank. You don't want that stank up in here. You got to imagine it was already pretty smelly at that time. Deodorant had not been invented. (laughs) Public sewage is really just burgeoning at this moment. It's just starting out. That must have been one heck of a smell. It's going to stink. Verse 40, Jesus said, didn't I tell you? He's still angry. Didn't I tell you (laughs) that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Jesus is so funny. Verse 42, I mean, you always hear me, but I just said it so they would know that you hear me. (laughs) Come on, that's funny. He got a sense of humor. I just said it so you would would know. So in a moment, he's about to shout Lazarus come forth, but he doesn't shout because he has to shout for the dead man to obey. Jesus doesn't have to shout. When Jesus whispers, demons flee. When Jesus whispers, let there be light, the the universe exploded into existence. He's only shouting for the people's benefit. Verse 43, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, 
I'm just trying to bring you to the story. Come forth. I love that. The rest of the passage was in the NIV, but I had to go KJV for that. Something powerful about come forth. I'm going to use that on my kids when we go home. Justice. Come forth. Clean thy room. <laughs> I love it. I bet he'd be like, he'd clean it right away. Because I came at him with the KJV. King James Version, if you didn't know what I was talking about. Sometimes you read the Bible, man, and we just skip over some of these powerful. Look how powerful verse 44 is. Then the dead man came out. What? Then the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped, wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus told them. Who did he tell? Them, not him. He didn't tell Lazarus to unbind himself. He told them, that'll make sense later, unbind him and let him go. I want to speak to you today on the topic, the steps to freedom. The steps to freedom. Come on. Yeah, if you're not clapping, it's because you don't have freedom. <laughs> you could just be tired. You could just die. No judgment. Uh, Lazarus in this passage, I love it because he is a picture, stay with me here, of both a promise and a problem. Lazarus is a picture of a promise. When Lazarus comes out of the grave, this is a promise that one day all those who put their faith in Jesus Christ will also come out of their grave. And it's a promise. There was one atheist philosopher who actually tried to use the story of Lazarus to prove that Jesus wasn't really Jesus. He said that it was actually an elaborate scam and that Lazarus wasn't really dead. He was in on it. So he just waited in the grave for four days. And his evidence for this is because Jesus shouted Lazarus. And he said he had to shout because that was Lazarus's cue to get out. That was, this is a true argument that took place. He said, it's a scam. It's a con. That's why he said Lazarus. Then he asked the, the Christians who were there. He said, why did he shout Lazarus? If he was God, he could have just said, come forth. And he would have knew exactly who he was saying to. And this old Christian in the back of the church raised his hands. He said, I know. He said, because had he not said Lazarus, every grave in Jerusalem would have emptied. He said, he, said he had to be specific. Every grave would have emptied. And how many people are glad to know that one day every grave will empty and those who put their trust in Christ will rise to everlasting life? Praise the Lord. And that's a promise. But Lazarus is also the image of a problem. There's a problem in Lazarus's life. There is a tension hidden between verse 43 when he comes alive and verse 44 when they unwrap him. And the tension is that in verse 43, his heart starts beating. The blood that has coagulated somehow becomes liquid once again and starts to pulsate through his veins. His lungs are now expanding. The neurons are now firing in his head. His eyes are starting their REMs, rapid eye movements, and, and he's starting to wake up. And, and the problem is, although it might not seem like a problem, is that although now he is breathing, he is bound. That though now he is alive, he is also arrested. The problem is that Lazarus came forth, but he did not come free. Oof. 
And if you're a Christian, the inside was good, but the outside had not yet caught up with the inside. Ooh. If you're a Christian, this ought to encourage you today. And if you're not, you need to know this part of Christianity before you decide that whether, you're not, whether or not you want to be a part of this. Because when you give your life to Jesus, hear me, the inside changes right away. But it takes time for the outside to match the inside. You can be alive on the inside, but look like a dead man on the outside. I'm just trying to tell you that when Lazarus came back from the dead, he had a lot going for him. He had movement, amen. He had breathing, amen. He had, he had eyes going, amen. Here's one thing he didn't have, a six pack. <laughs> At least he didn't have it coming out if he didn't take it going in. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> For all we know, Lazarus could have been jacked. <laughs> we're not sure, the Bible doesn't tell us what his workout habits were. But if he didn't have it going in, he didn't have it coming out. Why? Because a moment of belief cannot undo a lifetime of behavior. Are you with me? It takes time to catch up. Try to tell you that if, if you get saved, if you decide to follow Jesus, like, and you had an unhealthy eating habits before you met Jesus, then when after, after you meet Jesus, he will change your heart, but he's not going to change your taste buds. You're not going to bite into a donut. Be like. Oh my gosh, are you okay? Was there something in it? No, it's just ever since I got saved. Sugar tastes like acid. I just, it's just, I don't know what happened. I just, ever since I gave my life to Jesus, I just, it's a miracle. Not going to happen. If you wrestle with lust before you gave your life to Jesus, I just need you to know that after you decide to become a Christian, follow Jesus, live your life according to the word of God, your heart is going to change, but your hormones do not turn off. You still got hormones. And they still do what the hormones were designed to do. You don't all of a sudden, like, stop seeing beautiful people. Like, the opposite sex doesn't all of a matter become invisible. You don't go to the gym, you know, live with, and then in between sets, you walk over, you just, sorry, I didn't see you there. <laughs> Ever since I got saved, I just, just, Invisible, beautiful people are invisible to me now. I just don't, my bad. If you are there, I'm sorry. I just, it doesn't happen. You know, if you had issues with your temper, if you get angry real easily and you fight with your kids all the time, you fight with your parents all the time, you fight with your spouse, you fight with your friends all the time, you need to know that when you get saved, you don't automatically inherit patience. Do you know that? Someone said, well, Pastor Aaron, that's, that's heresy because I read the Bible and the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. So God's supposed to give me patience when I signed up for this. He called it the fruit of the Spirit. What's that mean? That means plant a seed tonight and tell me if you eat tomorrow. That don't happen. It's the fruit of the Spirit that grows so slow you don't even notice it's growing until it's grown. Huh? And so it's not going to happen. That's why, by the way, you can, you, can, you can cry in the pew here 
and then cuss in the parking lot out there. We're working on our systems. We're trying to get it better, okay? I'm sorry. We're going to make it better. They say it's my fault because I preach too long. So it's just we're trying. You're not a hypocrite. You're a human. Just the outside hasn't caught up with the inside. Somebody's going to use that. Don't use that. <laughs> She'll be like, yo, my bad. I'm a, I'm a human. The outside hasn't <laughs> caught up with the inside. So, <laughs> But I do love Jesus and I love you. I get the bleep out my way. <laughs> so, no, don't use it. Don't use it. Don't use it. Don't use it. I wrote it like this. Maybe you can remember it. Salvation is a moment that lasts a lifetime. How many people know that when you get saved, you don't got to get resaved? One and done. Lasts a lifetime. I growing up in church, I got saved 18 times. I thought it was like, I thought it was like a library book. I got to renew this thing. Before I get a penalty, <laughs> I would just, anytime I got scared, I prayed the sinner's prayer, just in case they didn't, just in case I've expired. I just want to <laughs> save me again, Lord. No, nah, man, a moment that lasts a lifetime and it's beautiful, but you need to balance that truth with this truth. Transformation is a process that lasts a lifetime. Both are true. Both are true. So I want to give you the steps to freedom today. If you are wrapped in an unwanted habit, if you are held by an unhealthy thought, if you are strapped to unstable emotions, I want to help you get free today. And here's the first step. We're going to pull it from the story of Lazarus. The first step is step aside. Step aside. John chapter 11, verse 38. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Verse 39, roll the stone aside. Jesus told them. But Martha, Martha, the dead man's sister protested. Why would you protest? If I'm Martha and I know that Jesus has done some miracles, I'm not protesting. I'm like, let's get this stone out of the way, chop, chop. And while you're at it, pull out your cell phones because this is about to, go, about to go down. He's about to do something. I would be hurrying the process along, not Martha. Martha's protesting. Why? Because he's been dead for four days and the smell will be terrible. I don't think it's a coincidence that Martha was the one that protested. Lazarus had another sister named Mary. She's not saying nothing. Martha's protesting. Why? Because we know something about Martha. What do we know about Martha? We know that Martha loved a clean house. Martha was all about being clean. Martha's house was on point. You took your shoes off in Martha's house. When you went to go to the restroom in Martha's house, there was TP, there were wipes and poopery in Martha's, in Martha's restroom. She didn't play no games. She was up the whole night before you got there vacuuming, dusting pillows, cleaning the top of her fan blades, and don't get caught on the fact that none of that existed at the time. Just work with my illustration here. Are you with me? Martha was so invested in keeping the house clean that one time Jesus was there teaching and he, she got mad at her sister Mary because Mary was spending time with Jesus when she should have been, according to Martha, cleaning the house. And then Jesus looked at Martha and said, Mary's choosing the better thing. You're, trying, you're cleaning it out when I'm here. In other words, I think Jesus didn't say it like this, but he said, Martha, you're more concerned with having a clean house than having a clean heart. What do we know about Martha? She cared about appearances. Huh? She cared about the way people saw her. And Jesus is saying to Martha, 
This is the beginning of your first step of freedom. He's saying, I know you want your brother to come back from the dead, but I can't get him out if you don't let me in. And you're going to have to roll the stone aside if you want me to help you. I shared this story at every freedom conference that we do. It's embarrassing, probably the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me since I've been a pastor at Journey Church, but I'll share it now because it'll serve the purpose of this message. I went to go get a physical. I'm supposed to do these once a year. I hadn't done it in a couple years, you know, just couldn't afford it. When we started the church, we didn't have health insurance, couldn't afford it. Liz said that if we were going to start the church, we needed Disney passes. So I took the money for health insurance, put it on Disney passes. So I finally got insurance, went to the doctor to get my first health checkup. I didn't know how it went. So, so I'm there, the nurse is there, and the nurse, long story short, find out that we used to go to the same church up north. She's looking for a church down here. She tells me about her kids. I tell her about Journey Youth. We're connecting. I'm ministering to her. I'm like, you should come to church someday. She's like, you know, I really do feel like God's been calling me. Like, I think I'm ready to take that step. I'm like, I did not expect this. When I came to the doctors, like, amen, praise the Lord. It's like Journey Church, Winter Park High School. Be there. I'll see you next Sunday. I'll greet you. Awesome. Doctor comes in, starts checking all my vitals. Lift up your shirt. Boom, checks my shirt. Cool, great. Then when I think all is said and done, remember, I haven't taken a physical in years. He looks at me, he goes, all right, now? <laughs> Time to drop your pants. And I'm looking at the doctor, and all I'm just going is. And I look at the nurse, who I have just been witnessing to, who I invited to my church. And I'm thinking, I hope you don't come. I hope I never see you again a day in my life. I try and negotiate with the doctor. I'm like, doc, do we have to do this? He's like, it's a part of the exam. I'm like, I think I'm good. I got nothing to complain about down there. I think I'm good. He goes, I need to see it. I'm like, oh. I'm like, why? And this is what he said. He said, because I can't heal what you hide. <sighs> Hear me. We are only as sick as our secrets. And the first step to freedom is to move your pride aside and let God in. Confess. We call that confession in the Christian church. And you might think confession is admitting that you did something wrong. Confession is not for God to be like, I told you. Confession is for you to say, I need help. Confession is the moment when we say, I can't do this by myself. God, would you come rescue me? And for all of those who prayed that sinner's prayer 10 years ago, 12 years ago, five years ago, five months ago, one month ago, let me teach you today. Confession is a prayer we pray every morning. Because every morning we come to God and say, Lord, I wrestle with lust. And if you don't help me today, Lord God, with my eyes, Lord, I'm not going to honor my wife with the integrity that I promised to honor with. I'm not going to honor my husband with the integrity I promised to honor with. God, you know I wrestle with possessions and I spend money on things to fill voids in my heart, Lord. And if you don't help me today, I swear I will buy a yacht, Lord. If you don't help me and intervene and I just need you, Lord Jesus, to come. Confession is a daily prayer. You don't pray it when you were a teenager. Now you're saved and now you're good every morning. God, I need your help. Here's the second step. Listen, one step at a time. 
one step at a time. I'm going to ask Chris, Pastor Chris, and our volunteers to come in and help in our QC team to get them him wrapped up. For this second point, it wasn't enough to teach it to you. You had to really see it. There are some things in the Bible you don't really grasp or get until you visualize it, until I illustrate it. And uh, if you don't have that kind of imagination, so I just think you need to see this. Verse 43, John chapter 11. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. You know, I have probably heard this story a thousand times. And like me, you have probably heard this story a thousand times. But there was one thing that I read in the story that I had never noticed all the times that I had read it in the past. And that is that the Bible says he was wrapped in linen and that the linen didn't fall off when he got resurrected. The linen had to be taken off not just after he came back from the dead, but the linen had to be taken off, catch this, after he walked out of the tomb. Are you with me? Say, I'm with you. You're not with me. You're staring at him. You're paying attention to him. Focus up here. He's going to get wrapped in toilet paper. That's what's going to happen, okay? Look at me. You need to catch this. The linen did not come off until some of y'all are still looking. Nothing's happening, I promise. Receive it. The linen did not come off until after he was out. What do we know about linen? Linen at the time was the strongest natural fiber in the world. Today, it is 30% thicker and stronger than cotton. So strong, in fact, that the Greeks weaved it into their body armor in times of war. Linen is strong. Go home and try and rip your linen sheets. Not going to happen. Very, very strong. So here is my question. How did a man wrapped in linen from head to toe walk out of his tomb? Huh? And it is one of the great theological mysteries in all the Bible. Honestly, theologians talk about this stuff. Someone was like, he must have levitated. <laughs> the Lord just, I mean, if he could resurrect him, he could float him. You know, I mean, let's not draw a line somewhere. Let's not say it's possible for him to get resurrected but not get floated. <laughs> it could happen. Nobody knows how this man who did not have the linen off of him until after he came out was out. But I think I have a theory. And my theory is simply this. How did a man wrapped in workaholism, bound in rage, trapped in, in, in impure thoughts, how did a man gripped by grief, how did a man like that walk forward? Are you ready? Here it is. As best he could. Maybe he couldn't walk. But just because he couldn't walk doesn't mean he can't wobble. Maybe he wobbled to Jesus. Huh? He couldn't walk. That don't mean he can't hop. Maybe he hopped to Jesus. He couldn't walk. That don't mean he can't shimmy. Maybe he shimmy to Jesus. 
he can't walk. That don't mean he can't shuffle. Maybe he shuffled to Jesus. You're right at the edge, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get... Here's my point. Ooh, I hope this hits you like it hit me. He did not let his obstacles keep him from being obedient. If, if you had really received that, you wouldn't just be clapping. You'd be standing and shouting. Because what I'm trying to tell you is, is that all he heard was Jesus said, come. So he didn't care how he was going to get there. If Jesus said, come, I'm going to come. I'm trying to tell you, he could have taken it off first, then asked him to walk. But then we, the church age, would have missed out on the lesson that sometimes there are seasons in our life when we have to learn to walk wrapped. When we got to learn to obey while we're in bondage. When we got to learn to come to church while things are falling apart. When we got to learn to worship while we got struggles. When we got to learn to lift our hands even if we can't lift our hands. Some days you don't have the strength. Walk anyway. Some days you ain't got the faith. Walk anyway. Some days you don't feel like it. Walk anyway. Some days you don't feel comfortable coming to church. Come anyway. You better shuffle. You better shimmy. You better wobble. You better hop. Do what you got to do. Because you can't, you can't always wait to be free to follow. You can't always wait to be free to follow. I want to be free from my fear. Amen. But you can't wait to be free from your fear to invite your friend to church. You better learn to do that while you're afraid. Hey, um, I was wondering if you, um, you would just like to come with me to this thing I do on the weekend. So during church, 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 and why? Because God didn't say wait to be courageous until you tell people about me. He said, tell them afraid, tell them scared. You can't wait to be debt free to tithe. You got to learn how to be faithful while things are tight. <laughs> you, you can't always wait to be healed to help others. Well, you know, I'm just healing from my last church. And when I get, when I get ready and I get good, then I'm going to get involved. So you can't always. I get that. But you've been here a while now. And I think at this point, healed or not, it's time to help. Huh? Well, I just I wrestle with anxiety and no, I get it. So just wobble your anxiety self over to that person in your small group who also wrestles with anxiety. Lay your hands on them and pray that the peace of God that you have yet to experience yourself would come over their life. Pastor, you know, I just I wrestle with depression. I don't want to bum anybody out. You wrestle with depression. Get on the dream team and become a greeter and put on the fakest smile. You know how. And as you open that door, just grind them teeth together. Good morning. So good. I'm telling you, you got you to gotta put on joy even if you don't have joy. You got to walk free even if you ain't free. You got you to gotta shuffle, shimmy, wobble, hop. Even if you ain't got it. I'm telling you, you and your husband and you and your wife are arguing. You come home every night even if you are arguing because you made a commitment. So you get home and you do what God called you to do. Do what God called you to do. Do what God called you to do. Here's the third step. Here's the third step. You got to step out and step up. Step out and step up. 
step out and step up. Good next verse on the screen, John 11. Jesus told them, 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 unbind him and let him go. Unbind. Who did he tell? Jesus brings people back to life, but then asks community to help set them free. He said them. That's why small group is so important. Because Jesus will bring you salvation. Your community, along with the Holy Spirit, will help bring transformation. He told them, unbind him and let them go. There was a study that was done by a PhD psychologist. Thousands of hours of study. Look what they found. That fellowship helps more people achieve sobriety than therapy does. The study also said it was cheaper. <laughs> Which I thought was funny that they threw that in there. Now, I go to therapy. I got an appointment on Tuesday at 2 p.m. <laughs> I ain't even playing. It's important. But when people tell me about their issues, I, my friend, do you go to small? Are you, in a, are you in a group? Are you in a group? Why is community so important? Number one, because community will help you see blind spots. Chris can't see. His face is wrapped. You need a community of people to be like, hey, you know, you exaggerate a lot. Did you notice that you exaggerate a lot? Yeah, but you know, I'm just a great storyteller. Yeah, I know. That's called lying. <laughs> Maybe don't exaggerate so much. Oh, really? That's lying? Yeah, that's lying. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, you have a type. <laughs> and I've just been noticing the people that you get with. You like, can, I, can I help you? Because I'm your friend. I know you come to group. I'm just like, I've been around long enough. I see this boyfriend and that boyfriend. And you know, maybe don't date people with demon tattoos on their shoulder. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a tell. I don't. <laughs> well, he says, he says he has a relationship with God. Amen. Which one? Because uh, that word means a lot of things to a lot of people. So I'm just trying to help you because you don't see it. You know what community does? You learn to, to talk in community. I wish I had his accent. It's so beautiful. That's right. He said, I love it. He learned to talk like that because his parents talk like that. You know, we develop in community. We learn to talk by hanging out with. So, so maybe when you get around people who really love God and they talk right, you'll learn to not make every conversation a complaint or every conversation gossip because you're around good people who know this is how you talk. Now, you didn't know any better. That was, that was what was modeled for you at home. You got to learn to walk right. You learn to walk by going in community. You got to learn people. People hang out. Oh, you mean you wait to get married to have sex? I didn't know that. That's in the Bible. It's in there. One of the Ten Commandments. Wow. That's how you community. People who are love you enough to talk to you about, right? Am I right? You mean when you order the water cup, you shouldn't fill it with Sprite? Because I thought that was like understood. <laughs> no, actually, that's called stealing. You paid, for, you paid for one thing and you got another thing. Wow! I had no idea. And you know why community is really helpful? You know why community is really helpful? Some of y'all looking at me weird, like I got something. What happened? I got something. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Unless one of the things that helps him get free is knowing that he's not the only one. Come on, somebody. Because one of the last things that will fall off of you in your journey to freedom is shame. And when you get around people, they got a little bit of TP on them too. 
you go, my God, I thought I was the only one having panic attacks. You're just as messed up as me. Praise the Lord. I thought I was the only one Googling divorce lawyers in Orlando. You too. Thank goodness. When you see other people are wrestling, shame falls off you. And by the way, let me help you right now because there are some people who've been serving God for a long time and you are so mad that after all of your serving, you still got a little bit attached. Huh, right, Vicky? I've been going to church my whole life. I've been in three freedom groups. <laughs> Came to two conferences. Fasted 29 days. Been on four missions trips. Went to Mars. Preached the gospel there. Did everything. I can memorize Bible verses. Why, after all of my time in church, is there still... Am I helping anybody today? Why is there still something attached after all that time? For two reasons. Number one, God needed it to stay there so that you won't get prideful. So that the first time or the next time you look down at somebody else because their sin looks different than your sin, that when you look down, you'll be like, oh yeah, me too. So I'm not going, I'm not going. That's for all us Christians who are getting a little bit too judgmental. Remember what you got stuck to you too. And by the way, if you're having trouble forgiving someone, remember how much you've been forgiven of as well. And the second reason why he left that on your shoe, ooh, are you ready for this? Whenever I finish a message, no one ever comes to me in the lobby and talks about my illustrations. Nobody's going to talk to me about the teepee. They won't tell me about my stories or how funny it was. Every time I go to the lobby, they go, Pastor, when you shared your story about overcoming your addiction with pornography and your fight with that. Pastor, when you shared about your son passing away and how you overcame that grief, you know what ended up changing their life? My TP. Let me put it another way that'll resonate with you. My testimony. God told me to tell somebody that's not your trash. That's your testimony. That's not your mess. That's your message. And one day you're going to come to church with your TP hanging and you're going to tell everybody, I once was blind, but now I see. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am weak. Let those in bondage say I am free. Let those who are broken say I am restored. Let those who are empty say I am filled. Let those who are addicted say I am delivered. Let those who are anxious say I have peace. Let those who are depressed You got Jesus. Every head but every eye closed, but you got Jesus. Right now, for anyone who's got a little bit of TP attached to their foot, I pray that shame would fall off of your life right now. I don't care how many visits with the doctor you got, how many, let shame fall off of you. You're not alone. We're with you. Your neighbor got some TP on his shoe too. She got some on her shoe too. Go ahead and worship God in your freedom. Worship God in your deliverance. You got freedom. Forget about what people look or think or what they will say. They got their stuff too. I pray that you would walk in the freedom you have. And if you don't have freedom, you shuffle, you shimmy, you hop, you wobble until it falls down. 
every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, first thing you need to do is roll the stone aside today. I want to encourage you. When I say three, if you need Jesus in your heart, will you stop pretending like you're perfect and you have it all together? We all got a mess inside. We all got a stink behind that stone. Would you have the courage to pull the stone aside and let Jesus in? If you're in this room on three, raise your right hand high and roll that stone aside today. We need Jesus in your life. One, two, one, two, three. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on, I see your TP. I see your, I got some too. Move the stone aside. Let's let him in right now. Say, say this with me, everybody in the room. Father God, forgive me for my sins. Jesus, I roll aside the stone of my pride and the stone of my fear. I give you my past. Forgive me of my past. Come inside and pull me out. I'm ready to be free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.